You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, culture consultant and founder of Liberty Mind, and I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations and employees about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I must admit that this podcast is a real passion project of mine because I get to talk to such interesting people about ideas that are changing our world of work. And that gets me seriously excited. If you've just joined us, don't forget to go all the way back to season one as we have some great conversations there as well, just waiting for you to explore because this is just season five. And I can tell you already that season six is in the pipeline. In fact, the ideas and the conversations we have in season six, I personally think are going to totally blow all the other seasons out of the water because um, it's quite a new, refreshing and forward-thinking season that I hope is going to stimulate us all to start thinking really differently about our company cultures. Before we jump into today's podcast, I'm super excited to announce that this podcast episode is sponsored by my new private Facebook group, The Culture Activists. This exclusive group is a safe space where I'm bringing together people, leaders and business owners to challenge our concepts on company culture. The reasons for its existence was purely natural. After a number of our company culture courses, one of the things people loved the most about attending was getting to meet others who had similar culture challenges or who had totally different culture challenges that they've never experienced. So I thought, let's start bringing more of us together because there is so much we can learn from each other's shared experiences. So if you're interested in joining our private group, there's a link in the show notes, which will take you there. I hope you'll join me for a culture revolution. Now on to today's episode. What if you changed your entire business and based it on a philosophy? When we want to change something, we can but we need to talk less and take action. Great cultures don't just happen overnight. It's a messy process. It's a brave process because you're going against everything everyone else is telling you and you're willing to try something new. On today's podcast, I'm talking to a business that did just that. Today, I'm speaking to Emily West, the business development manager at Flock, a creative marketing agency based in Cambridge and Norwich. Three years ago, Flock successfully adopted the Scandinavian concept of logon within the workplace, meaning not too much, not too little, just the right amount. So let's get started on how this philosophy has changed their business and ultimately their company culture. Hi, Emily, and welcome to Make It Thrive. So at Flock, you have a culture that lives by the concept of logon. I think I've pronounced that right. I might not have. Can you tell our audience what Legom is and why you were inspired to adapt Legom into your company culture? Sure. Um, I think the best thing for me to start with is a background of, of why we wanted to change our company culture in the first place. Um, and I think uh, Flock as, a, uh, as an agency, a creative marketing agency, um, obviously we are creative people. We're creating 
um, some things that you can see, some that we can't, you know, a lot of our, our business is, is thinking. Um, and what we found is uh, when we really looked at the agency and how people were working in it and how they felt and how well they were doing, how efficient we were, we actually weren't very efficient at all. Um, and there were lots of things that we thought that we could change. And actually what we did is we, we tried to find a way or we tried to find a concept that we could use that where we could increase productivity, efficiency and well-being. Because we know that we had a lot of work and we just weren't getting it out either quick enough or, or well enough. So we did a lot of digging and we did a lot of research um, and we actually found the Scandinavian concept of Lagom. Now, Lagom uh, literally translates to not too much, not too little, just right. And the Scandies have it, you know, absolutely perfect in that everything they do is, is just the right amount. You know, it's not too much. It's not too little. It's just right. And when you think about that in, in everyday life, actually, um, the concept of just right is, is in everything that we do. If you get something just right, it, it's perfect. Um, you know, even to, down to the milk in your tea. How much milk <laughs> do you want in your tea? Just the right amount, you know. Um, so w the more research we did in, uh, in Telegom, the better we thought it fitted into, uh, into our work life as well. What's just the right amount of work to do? What's just the right amount of time to spend on different tasks? Um, you know, how can we make people more efficient? How long do they work for? What's the right amount of, of um, uh, focus that anyone can give at one time? So we did lots and lots of research and decided that, that we would roll that out into the agency. Amazing. I, I love that concept so much because it is, like you say, it is all about finding almost that balance. Absolutely. And balance is really important because, again, in our personal lives, it, everything needs a balance to it um, for you to even feel like, uh, you know, um, a human, I suppose. You know, don't get too much sleep, don't get too little sleep, get just the right amount of sleep. It, when you really delve into to putting the concept into everyday life as well as work, it, it actually becomes really, really sensible. Um, and it's interesting. I really want to uh, mention a book, actually. Um, first things first is, is mentioned one of my favourite books, um, Utopia for Realists by Rutger Bregman. Um, it's an amazing book. Uh, he, he is incredible. He's been, um, uh, I think the Observer said he has a big future shaping the future. So it's definitely a book to read. But um, there's a, a chapter in it, chapter six, called A 15-Hour Week. Um, and he he goes into so much detail about why uh, working less is is better for everyone, better for the globe. Um, he says, what what does working less actually solve? Um, and and essentially, working less um, for us means less time. It doesn't mean less effort. So again, um, Lagom, the the concept is about not doing less work but actually being more productive in the work that you do so spending less time doing what you're supposed to be doing um and and, and long story short it essentially means that we've we've sort of split our time into uh, focus times and into collaborative times so that everyone can can get that productivity um within their working day um but you have to stop me if I'm going on because this book is amazing. But uh, <laughs> he, he actually says that um, what does working less actually solve? So as I said, working less is, is really the fundamental key to, to Legom. It's finding that balance. It's because we were all working so, so hard. We were doing sort of sometimes 10 hour days. Now that's, that's ridiculous. Why are we spending 
10, eight, 10 hour days, you know, at work. What are we getting for that? Who said that that's a thing? Um, so he says, what does working less actually solve? Well, stress for one, uh, team well-being. Um, climate change, he said that it cuts the CO2 emitted by this century in half if we were all to, to go down to a, a, a smaller workday. Uh, accidents in the workplace, unemployment, the emancipation of women, an ageing population, inequality. You know, the list that he goes into, go, you know, is fantastic. So it's definitely worth a read. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought I'd mention that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thank you. I'm going to include that in the show notes for anyone that's interested in um, getting that. I've just added that to my Amazon list for sure. (laughs) So thank you for that. But I do, I completely agree in regards to what you're saying about finding that more creative concept and Mm -hmm. I love how you found that philosophy because there's lots of similar philosophies um, in other cultures as well Um, and and it's interesting that adopting that and finding that philosophy to to put into the work life because it's true you know we we seem to be sort of stuck especially in the UK in this sort of grind of of the continued eight hour days or even 10 hour days in sort of fast paced organizations mm-hmm. um, and it's trying to transform that mindset because even you know um, just because you're working that amount of time doesn't mean you're effectively working in that amount of time um, absolutely you know it's even I, I mean I'm I'm a big fan of sort of really good goal setting goal setting to the point where you know you have to ask yourself every day you know the actions you're taking is that helping you to achieve that end goal um and I I believe that should be exactly the same within in the work that you do it's all about quality work and ensuring that you know your end goal you're actually achieving and asking is this serving us in the best way possible Um, I mean when you you decided to make this shift what did your team think well, obviously, everyone kept looking for loopholes, um, <laughs> and I don't think they thought it was was actually real. Um, because when you say to a team, "Okay, we're going to go down to a six-hour working day, uh, but we're going to pay you the same amount," they're like, "What? <laughs> What's the catch?" <laughs> but I think the thing is, when we explain to them, you know, when you're at work, even that for that eight hours, how much time are you actually spending on work, and how much time are you spending? almost wasting time, you know, either on social media or chatting in the kitchen or um, being distracted by your teammates, for example. Like if someone comes in for a meeting, you're instantly going to look to see who it is. You might overhear a conversation and start to zone into that conversation instead of your work. So when we try to explain to them, okay, if we were to, to, to cut out all of that sort of waste of time, how much time do, would we spend working in a day so that we felt as if we've worked as hard as we can and we are therefore sort of, um, I suppose, tired, but in a good way, excuse me, in a good way? How much would that be? Everyone said probably around six hours. Um, so I think everyone sort of was a bit in disbelief about it because it's not something that, um, you know, a, a company usually just comes out and says, you know, we'll pay you for, for less time. Um, but everyone was on board, especially when we explained why and and, and the structure that we'd go into um, into the workday. It, it just meant that everyone can go home at quarter past four knowing they've spent a really productive day and now they've got at least an hour more than most people to go and do what they need to do, go to the, the pharmacist or the doctors or um, go and visit their friends and family, pick their children up from school. It, it, I mean, when we try to tell them the benefits, I mean, that's when they were, that's when they were sold. Yeah, I bet. I mean, that is something, isn't it, really, in regards to sort of shifting the the whole kind of 
lifestyle essentially of people you're mm. you're you're not only just revol- revolutionizing the way you're working but actually you're, you're giving people a, a large chunk of their lives back really absolutely yeah because as I said who says that we should do a nine to five now I know a lot of companies that can be flexible either way of that but nine to five is the is seems to be the norm especially in the UK and it's I mean again Utopia for Realist the book really goes into it but where does it come from why and when you look at where it comes from you realize that actually now in 2020 we're able to to question that because of things have changed so much um and and as I always say to people we're doing as much as we used to do in eight hours in six because we're just more efficient and productive with the way that we work Wow. I mean, I know a lot of businesses, especially sort of, you know, at this time, you know, everyone's kind of currently, as we're recording this, everyone's remote working. And I'm sure a lot of businesses are thinking, oh, how do we get out of this? How do we, you know, transform? Because I don't think we're going to go back to sort of business as usual. So I think there's going to be so many people looking for transitional changes of how to improve the workplace. So in a practical sense to people, because I mean, you know, to a lot of people, this might be like, oh, this sounds very like inspirational. But in a practical sense, what does Logom look like in the day to day of the business? Sure. Um, and that, that's the thing. It's quite difficult to explain it. It's easy and it's really straightforward, but it's difficult because people f- sometimes find it difficult to understand why we do what we do. I'll try and explain it for you. So um, we're very, um, we have to be very sensible and structured with our time. Now, the, the, the reason a six hour day works for us and the reason we can fit as much work as we did in eight in six is because our day is very structured. So, for example, we start at, uh, for, with a stand up at quarter to nine. So we, we all stand up together and we're an agency of about 15 of us. We all work in the same space. And again, that was a reason that we decided that something needed to change because it got very noisy occasionally. Um, But we all stand up. We work out what we want to do with the day, um, who's doing what. So we're all on the same page. And then between nine and half past ten, we have an hour and a half of focus time. Now, it is quite strict in that we get our heads down. We put our headphones on and we work on the task that that we need to work on Um, and that would be development for the developers you know a a design for the designers and the marketers might be running a campaign now that hour and a half is very productive because we're all quiet we don't go up to each other and 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 distract each other and we're not on social media we have our phones in our drawers you know that is an hour and a half of pure focus now again doing some research and also just from experience that hour and a half after an hour and a half you sort of you look away from your screen at half past 10 and you think wow (laughs) I've done quite a lot in that time and I think anyone working from home at the moment will realize that you know what an hour of productivity would mean to them (laughs) but um uh, that hour and a half is amazing you stand up and you feel like you've done a lot and your brain is tired because it's been working non-stop for an hour and a half so what we do to combat that is um we go for fika another Scandinavian concept um Fika is, is it, it translates uh, to tea and uh, tea and cake with friends. Um, and so at Hubbers 10, we all get up from our desks. We all have a break. We stand up. We go and have tea and coffee together for about 10, 15 minutes. It's a small top coffee break, but it means that we can have water, tea and refresh our minds again. 
And then from uh, sort of quarter to 11 until midday, um, we open up the time for a bit more collaboration. So if someone's got their headphones on, we still respect the fact that they obviously need to be working hard and we try not to uh, to distract them. But w- that's a time where we can get together and we can chat and we have meetings and uh, clients come in and, and have um, meetings with us. So there is that that time that we can talk to each other as well. And then 12 to 1, we all go for lunch at the same time. We close the office. We don't answer the phones um, and we really take a good hour to rest, uh, go and eat lunch, get to know each other, talk, you know, go shopping if we need to. Um, and we take an hour. And, and then again, at one o'clock, we basically do that morning uh, routine again in the afternoon. So we have an hour and a half of, of productivity, a break at half past two, and we work all the way until four o'clock where we start to pack away and, and head home at quarter past four. So um, it's very structured. Uh, that's what it looks like day to day, every day. And um, we have to be very uh, strict on it. And, you know, if, if there's any distractions happening at sort of half past nine, you know, we are all quick to tell each other, you know, come on, guys, you know, we, we are all trying to, to concentrate. But do you know what? Once you get into a routine of it, it's amazing. We get so much done because we are then therefore working individually on our work. And then we have time for collaboration as well. And it's it's fab. It sounds fabulous. I mean, one thing I must ask, because this is one thing I get asked all the time whenever I'm talking about flexible working or saying to people, you know, have mm. you thought about it? Um, you know, and I talk a lot about sort of productivity as well, because one thing we we just don't ever get taught in life at all is time management. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we don't get taught it at school. And then all of a sudden we become an adult and we've got all these responsibilities and jobs and career and life and everything. And, and no one t- tells us how to manage our time or be our most productive. And one thing I always get asked whenever I'm talking about sort of productivity and efficiency is, oh, well, you know, what about emails and and things like that? Because people, you know, are very attached to their email inbox. I mean, it's Mm. almost like a pandemic in itself, the the inbox. So how do you manage small elements of that where where people might, if if that's a focus time, are people um, sort of allowed to have their emails open? Or or do you recommend, have you sort of trained people in regards to certain, when's best to look at emails, when's best to try and call people back sort of thing? Sure. We actually don't take calls between nine and half ten. I say we don't take calls. We have um, a studio team who basically looks after us and tells us what to do and when. And they 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 really keep a track of our projects and timelines and make sure that we're all being as efficient as possible. But they take calls, but they ask if it's possible that one of the team can call them back at quarter to eleven, half past ten, quarter to eleven. Because the what we've done is, is try to not train our clients, but t- try to communicate how we work and why. For example, if, if one of our designers is working on someone's work uh, between nine and half past ten, that client wants to know that we're working as hard as we can and as well as we can on that piece of work. So they wouldn't like it if suddenly they got up and took a call from someone else and then was a bit confused as to where they were because they had to get back into that work. So the way that we've structured all of our work and our projects and our days is so that every single piece of work gets the right amount of attention. And and over time, our clients have understood that um, and therefore know to call us, you know, between half past 10 and 12 and half past two and four. Um, And and they're completely fine with it because let's be honest, it depends what industry you're on in, in, of course, but, but especially in the creative industry, no one needs a a reply, you know, (laughs) between nine and half past 10 
sure there might be you know a, a website might have crashed that's a completely different situation that is a developer's work that's what we do but it's very rare that someone needs an instant reply and they can't wait till half past 10. And actually, when you you talk to clients about it, they think that it's a great idea. And actually, between nine and half 10, they're getting on with their work as well. So, you know, it is a it is a lovely, you know, ever never ending loop that, that people are taking that on and, and, and using that time themselves as well. So you're gen- gently influencing others as well while you're at it. Gently. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But you know, everyone we've spoken to thinks it's a great idea and, and has seen the way that we work. That's the thing. Our clients understand. It, it takes a little while, but they understand how we work. And, and we actually do have one client um, that we took on recently, just before Christmas. And I was explaining this to them and they were like, this sounds amazing. What, you mean my team not going to disturb me between nine and a half, ten? I was like, yeah. And they've now rolled it out. And, you know, she actually messaged me the other day and asked me how I'm getting on. But they said, she said that it's absolutely amazing because what she's done is, is take that um, framework and used it at home as well. So obviously she's got she's got, she's got three children. She's obviously very very busy at home at the moment. But she said to them, "Look, let's all sit down and have an hour <laughs> of doing our own things." And she said she's got so much done just by um, splitting up her time and, and uh, time management, as you said. Definitely, I I have no doubt after all of this, especially just sort of going through this pandemic we're going to have such a better understanding of our time because I think mm. we've all just had this major disruption to our lives and our work life. And I think we're all going to be looking at, right, how actually can we do better at this? Um, yeah. Because, you know, it's even the trust factor is a lot of the time a, a big stumbling block for organisations as to why they don't adopt any, any kind of change in their working hours because it's a big trust issue. And I really think that that's going to be heavily resolved over the this time because people have got to work from home. There's there's no other way about it. So you've either got to trust that people are going to going to do it and know that you've hired the great the right people, or you're going to realise that actually you've got a lot of internal work to do before you even consider it. Sure. Um, I mean, what made you d- decide to go with a six hour day over other flexible working options? That is a great question <laughs> because <laughs> when we were doing our research, we found lots and lots of flexible working options. You know, lots of people doing things for well-being. Um, you know, fitting in uh, different times so someone starts at seven and ends at three, and so you know all of these different times. But what we found when we were trying to work that out as a team is that it still meant that everyone was on a different time. So what are essentially what we found is that we knew that we needed to be productive the only way that we could be productive and efficient is if we were all productive at the same time the problem lies in when um, people try to adopt different times and and they all have individually their own schedules and sure they might have their headphones on and being productive at that time but someone else isn't so when you're all on a different time scale it means that everyone is is waiting for someone else to not be productive if that makes sense (laughs) so you know once um if you're all uh you know sitting down and doing a task uh, and quiet at the same time great because no one disturbs each other but when you have different people doing different things at different times it means that you're never really sure whether you can go and disrupt someone whether they're working what you know what they're doing so what made us decide to go with it is is trial and error as as well um you know we we 
we gave it six months and we said that if it's not working in six months, then great, we'll, we'll try and figure out something else to do. But the way that it worked for us is it's just slotted in so, so well in that every sort of aspect of it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and it's easy for me to say in a team of 15, I know there's lots of people sitting there thinking, well, it wouldn't work for me. You know, I have a huge company, 200 people or a factory. Sure, I completely understand that. But what what works for us is is thinking about the team holistically, not just individuals and accommodating them, but just the team, how much uh, productivity you can get from each of those individuals and as a team, how much is, is physically possible for someone to, to concentrate, how much time, and also where you're wasting time as well. Um, and all of those things just added to this wonderful schedule of times that, that just seems to have worked for us. Um, and, and that's why we're, we're talking to, to people like you about it. Amazing. Oh, no, it's a fantastic way you've, you've sort of really questioned it so much and all the all the different elements you know you've really taken that sort of approach where actually it's it's test and trial and and having the bravery to do that as well because mm. that's that's a brave thing to do with your business like you say you know going actually we'll try this and if it doesn't work we'll find something else rather than getting sort of too um sort of you know bought into the idea that if this doesn't work nothing can <laughs> yeah and you know what we had nothing to lose Lizzie like we knew that we weren't as efficient as we could be we knew that we weren't being very productive we knew that our creativity could be better and so we had nothing to lose we needed to try something um and and as I said after research and, and looking at the Scandinavians and how they've adopted it so well even in healthcare um yeah. we were just like wow this is the one for us so yeah yeah, they've definitely got it right over there. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so what has been the overall impact of adopting Legom into the company culture? How has that impacted sort of everything else holistically? Everyone's just so much happier. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, humans seem to need some kind of uh, a schedule, I suppose. I, I can't think of the word off the top yes, of my head. Yes, I can definitely um, relate to that. Routine. routine. <laughs> yes, that's the word. <laughs> Humans work better when they know what's expected of them, always. Yeah. Um, and so when you give someone a framework to, to, to work to and to know where they stand and, and therefore give them the time and the headspace to be creative, it, it's fantastic. And you, you say to someone, like, in return for six hours of productivity in, in the day, here is more time for you to spend with your family, your friends, to recover from the, the day before, um, you know, to go and be creative outside of work, it, uh, that is huge for, for any individual as well as a whole team. Um, so just the overall impact is is outstanding, actually. Um, you know, our team are less stressed, our work is better, it's more creative. You know, there's, uh, we the staff turnover has been, well, we actually haven't had anyone leave since we've been doing it. We've taken on another three since we were doing it. And we've got, you know, so many people saying, yeah, I'd love to work with you because of your culture. Um, it's just completely transformed who we are as, as a team. Um, and it's given everyone something to really stand behind as well. You know, there is such a, a lovely culture. We are all just lovely people really looking after each other that, you know, it's been it's been great. But yes, um, that's all the fluffy things. But, you know, even uh, as, a, as a business, we have you know it's been fantastic for us as a business you know getting more work out there efficiently um, and better has given us obviously a better brand perception 
um, and has led to more work um, and and in a quicker time as well. So, you know, economically and revenue wise, it's been fantastic as well. Brilliant benefits all around, and I must say, yeah. well, I really <laughs> love as well the way you guys have got sort of that that those those times scheduled out as well for you know lunch and fika because you know it's good to be able to get to know who you're working alongside a lot of companies um you know they have disjointed sort of lunch breaks and things like that so people don't even know what someone does who sits you know two rows down from them or something or or knows what they're into but you you really build this sort of community almost in your culture um and a real sort of trusted and connected team um unlike any I think that you'd find in a normal sort of nine to five absolutely and I think that hour is really important at lunchtime we don't force people to sit together but we just tend to anyway you know we'll all sit we've got a lovely office space um studio and we all just sit around eating and again the Scandinavians are great with their food you know they know that's what Fika's about sharing food with each other and chatting and that depth of conversation is really important because let's be honest, you spend so long with these people <laughs> that you yeah. work with. It's nice <laughs> to know them on a, on a more personal level. You know, we don't force people to, but I think that's the wonderful thing about a company culture is that it attracts like-minded individuals and therefore you're all yeah. going to get on. Um, but it, I think overall it's the, the fact that we respect each other's focus times and respect the fact that we can get to know each other at the same time is is great it's it's part it's why we do what we do definitely no I think that's a great attitude to have especially because you know just just changing those those working hours and adopting that concept has clearly sort of you know changed the culture as well and really sort of stimulated it but I think as well, when you're talking about company culture and there's so many amazing companies, especially in East Anglia at the moment, doing amazing things in their culture. Um, but it's interesting the different ideas that people have and and why they have it. And, and I think that's the reason we chose what we chose um, in the, the Legon ethos is because when we asked our team, what what do you want? What would make you happy? What do you want from work? They all said, do you know what, probably more time out of work, <laughs> which is, you know, is very honest. But let's be honest, we all probably feel the same. You know, we all love what we do, which is a bonus. But let's love, yeah. let's, you know, keep loving what we do and, and have more time at home. Fantastic. So when you ask people, it's either money or it's time. Um, and, and we found that, that time actually outside uh, work is, is so, so valuable so yes, we could have, you know, introduced yeah. massages at lunchtime or a pool table and all those things that, you know, you know, businesses seem to talk about, especially Google. <laughs> um, but but actually, are they going to make people happy? You know, is I always say this: um, is Steve from finance going to use that slide in the Google head office? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so why spend money on that, and why not give people more time at home to to do what they like doing outside of the work hours? why keep people at work not working we just don't get that so yeah that's why we've done what we've done yeah definitely no I 100% get that because I always call them like the the, the plaster perks you know they they just stick them on stick them in there mm. and it has no real relevance to anything and there's no real why why are you doing that and yeah. it's, it's so frustrating to see um because I, I obviously I speak to a lot of companies about company culture and mm. um they're like, oh no, we've got our company culture sorted. We've got, um, you know, you know, a foosball table. We do this, you know. We've got all these other 
sort of perks and it's like really um you know cinema tickets and and then you know you find out that oh actually you know 50% of their team are our parents and if they wanted to go to the cinema it would cost 40 quid to get a babysitter so yeah. <laughs> that yeah. perk isn't working out for them um and no time it, to go to the cinema no. because they're working <laughs> exactly so it's a little bit you, you do question people's decisions so mm. many times um I mean where where do you think businesses go wrong when when trying to adopt new working hours or flexible working methods I think a lot of businesses we speak to take bits and pieces of lots of different concepts and and they almost war between accommodating the individuals in the team against the team as a whole and that's really Mm. really difficult so yes you've got parents um yes you've got part-timers essentially it's really difficult to try and work out what's best for everyone and the only way to to kind of do that is to create a a blanket framework if you like and then work out how everyone fits within that so with our six hour workday, obviously the day starts a quarter to nine and it finishes at quarter past four now that is the same for everyone and yes you know some people might prefer to work earlier or later but we've explained that the reason that that's probably not possible is because we need to be on the same times in order to get the best out of the people and the best out of that schedule that we've created. So I think the difficulty is, yes, businesses take bits and pieces. So they might go, oh, a six hour workday equals, you know, fewer accidents, but less, you know, unemployment, uh, better inequality, uh, less inequality. And, And they might go, great, we'll just we'll just cut our hours down to six, six hours a day. But they don't think about the time that's wasted in a normal day and then putting any sort of um, uh, um, rules or regulations around that, if you know what I mean, any framework. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really difficult one that you, you've got to try and think holistically about the business, how, that it, how it works, how it might work if you were to um, uh, adopt any of these sort of concepts, but also what, what that actually means as a whole for people but and for the business so great make everyone happy but actually is it making the business money um and you have to get that sort of real balance the glagom amount of, of each one to try and to try and work to try and work that out does that does that make sense I think that's where yeah definitely because I think one of the things that people often think about when they they sort of consider flexible working is that it's almost like a detriment either the business the people you know the the flexible working is going to be at detriment to the business or the people it's somehow going to be cause an imbalance if mm-hmm. that makes sense um because oh actually we're going to be working less which means we're not going to make as much money or you know yeah. oh we're overpaying people so that they, they, they there feels like there's this imbalance but there really yeah. isn't yeah Absolutely. And a lot of companies that we speak to go, well, it couldn't work for us because that's the main, <laughs> the main thing we get. <laughs> and it's like, well, we've got people on, on calls on, on the phones, you know, you know, for quite a long time of the day, or it needs to be manned 24 hours a day, or we've got people in factories. And, and actually, instead of going, this is why it wouldn't work, perhaps just, just flip that thinking, and how would it work? How can we make this idea of, of, productive shorter productive times in the day with more collaborative time with more time out of work how can we make that fit within our our current business model um and and so many people are very very quick to say no it won't work um and and less 
open to saying, okay, how could this work? What does that mean? If we do this bit of this, what does that mean for the rest of the business? Um, and I, I just, I just think that's the thing. It's, it's scary, you know. <laughs> I think, I think a lot yeah. of people go wrong because they want to do something, but they're scared of doing a lot or, or something big. Um, and 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 yeah, and I think it's a, it is, it's a big thing. It's a very big thing. It's your whole business model, but it's definitely worth thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree because it's one of those things that it's another change, which change scares people. Yeah. And especially when they don't know how to approach it or what the outcome is. We're not very good as humans at visualizing our future or what, you know, what the unknown is. So that scares us because our, our brain can't think think like that. We're mm. not built like that. We're not, you know, uh, fortune tellers. And I think as well, from a top from a top level, director level, if a business is doing well, if it's turning over good money, where's the need to change you know perhaps they don't see that there is a need to change or perhaps they are um you know happy or fine with the way it is perhaps they haven't spoken to their employees or um you know they they're not thinking whether they could do even better um and complacency is a is a a big thing in in business as well but I think as you said the the current situation has meant that no one can be complacent you know anything can happen so it's a good idea to to really you may maybe even refresh your thinking and if you've got it right fantastic but just make sure you have got it right yeah no I completely completely agree with you on that because even when when I talk about company culture you know people say to me how do people know when they they need their company culture improvements like when they've got a really bad pain somewhere <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> that's normally when you know a, a perfectly happy company doesn't go oh let's let's work on our company culture mm. a lot of the time there's a, a big underlying problem or, or a pain that's ar- arose and they go oh actually maybe we need to do some work on our culture because that seems to be a big pain point for us at the moment it's never you know um we we we, even as humans we we don't change when everything's fine (laughs) we we, you know we're we're quite comfortable in a happy little bubble and then (laughs) coronavirus comes along and everything changes (laughs) absolutely I I again I liken it to um you know you've got your sofa in your living room and it's always been there and that's how you know it and it's great and you're like well it works I can see the tv it's not in the way and then you might move it to the other corner and you're like, oh, my, why didn't I do this before? <laughs> it's just so <laughs> um, I did that the other day, actually. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's, it's exactly like that, isn't it? You're, yes, you can be complacent with how it is. It's fine where it is. But actually, could it be better? And, and you know, is your, is your partner, have they wanted it in that corner all along and they just haven't said anything? <laughs> you know? yeah. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I love that. So what would be your biggest piece of advice to those looking to adopt a six hour day or even a concept, you know, into their company culture? Um, Research, 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 think, plan, talk to so many others who have made changes. You know, there's nothing wrong with with going up to other business leaders and saying, these are the problems within our business. How, you know, how have you solved those? Or what what problems have you got within your business? What changes have you made that, you know, and how have you seen that that change the business? You know, join all those dots as well. And that's the one thing, you know, someone can say, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to do that thing. But they don't join those dots and realize what else that means. When you do, I think, uh, find a, a concept or, or a structure or a framework that really fits with what you do run with it 
you know, absolutely run with it. Give it six months to see any impact because, you know, things take a little while to, to bed in, um, especially with the concept of log on. You know, this uh, six hour workday that has very, <laughs> very structured, productive times, it, it takes a long time for, pe- for it to p- become habitual. Um, and I think it takes a lot of time for people to get their heads around it a little bit. So give it six months to see if there's any impact. Get everyone on board, because as soon as one person isn't on board, it, it can crumble. You know, as I said, we've got a, a relatively small team of 15. If one of those people decided not to take on those times, you know, everyone else would be disrupted. So everyone's got to be on board, show them the benefits of it um, and and run with it. And, and uh, you know, I think... I think it's a a great thing to open up and, and talk to, as I said, like-minded individuals and, and say, what have you done and how have you done it um, to help you? I love that. That is some fantastic practical <laughs> advice. I always love practical advice. <laughs> so I'm sure many people are going to really appreciate that and definitely be inspired after hearing this. Um, so thank you so much for your time, Emily. And thank you for joining us on Make It Thrive. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast with me, your host, Lizzie Benton. If you've enjoyed listening and want to keep up with all things culture, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to welcoming you back next week.